Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity. Alrighty, folks, Joe Snedeker here, also known as Mr. Curiosity. Got the podcast rocking and rolling here. We got a special one today, baby. And I'm not fake excited. I am truly excited because I must admit, in in past podcasts, sometimes a fake excitement, Brian. Are you okay with that? This is the real deal. You you can be fake, you can be real. I'm ready. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I pick the people that I'm truly interested in. And uh, I may not be the best guy to interview you and your enterprise because I don't even like amusement parks. Whoa, I'm with Brian Knobel from Knobel's Amusement Park, or as you call it now, Amusement Resort, right? Yes, sir. Yep. And that's not a fake last name. That's your real last name. Knobel is in the name. This is your family. This is your gig, correct? That is correct. Absolutely. The only thing I know about your place so far is that I used to take my kids there all the time because my wife made me and it was a great experience and that I saw online that you started in 1926. That is literally all I know. So we have to explain this to the people together. And that must be your what? Great grandfather or something? How does it all begin? That's exactly what it was. So hopefully by the end of the podcast, I can sell you on uh, liking amusement parks. (laughs) Well, no, no, Brian, this is this is my problem. And I admit that, you know, I just not a ride guy since I was a kid. There's this place where I live here called Sugarman's. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of it It, when in the 60s, 70s and 80s, it was big. It was only eight miles down the road from where I grew up. And my mother and grandmother would take me to Sugarman's when I was like four, five, six years old. It was a it was like a modern. It was like a it was like picture Walmart (laughs) only, you know. 45 years ago. It was really positive. They had everything. But I would get sick driving with my mother and grandmother to Walmart and sometimes vomit. I just get motion sickness very easily. And I have a short attention span. And when you combine short attention span and amusement park rides, you get a guy who doesn't care for any of that stuff. You you would think growing up in this business that I could ride anything, but then the older I get those, those spinning rides. You can't do it either. Uh, Huh? That's funny. I'll I'll hold the backpacks. You can ride. You can can help me hold the backpacks. Joe. (laughs) All right. So I'm trying to picture the year 1926 and you and I look like we're from the same general time frame here. So we can't picture the world in 1926, right? It's pre it's pre World War II. Uh, cars are just entering the scene. Uh, you know, it's an agriculture economy. I mean, what, what what's going on? How did this all start? So uh, in, here in uh, Illysburg, you know, just on the outskirts, you have places like Shemokin and Mount Carmel, uh, it, big into coal mining. Okay, uh, most people worked uh, five six days a week, had off on Sundays. Uh, so, uh, people that didn't have a car had, you know, still had horse and buggy. What did they do? They came to, uh, my family's land and, uh, right where our swimming pool is, uh, there are two creeks that come together, Roaring Creek and Muggsers Run. And it created, uh, you know, for a million years or whatever it was, uh, created a swimming hole. So, uh, you would, and they called them tally hoes. So people would come on the weekend. <laughs> tally ho! Tally ho, that's it. They would uh, uh, swim. Uh, my ancestors would feed and stable your horses. Some of the stories are for a nickel. Some of the stories are for a quarter. Uh, while you had a picnic, you had family day swimming in the creek. That's what you did. Get and, out of here. So and- if I could stop you right there. So this was just a small stream uh confluence and it built like it just it was a reservoir not a man-made structure just a reservoir that happened to be on your 
your your family's yeah. land? Nope, God made it many years Is that ago. Right. Uh huh. But what was so special about it? I'm sure there were, you know, there's reservoir and ponds and sure. bodies of water all over the place. Um, I think it was just where the two two places came together, and it just uh, over time it it uh, just made it deep. And uh, there was some, uh, I mean, they didn't have tubes really back then, so uh, they just played. So we, you know, we see some old pictures, and we have some old artist renditions of kids, uh, you know, frolicking in the stream while mom and dad hung out on the side. Uh, just talking, you know, strengthening their marriage. So uh, little by little. This is your great grandfather or grandfather? This would be my great grandfather. So your great grandfather. But could you give me the history there? They, they 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 come here and establish farming land from where? Were they your classic immigrant story from the late 1800s, uh, early 1900s? It, it, it is. And then uh, well, my wife well, would be my great, great grandfather, uh, the Reverend Knoble. Uh, he, he bought all the land where uh, where I'm at today uh, for nine hundred and thirty one dollars. So Knobles itself is forty five acres. We include the campground. That's about another hundred and fifty. So we kind of advertise ourselves as you know two hundred acres of family fun. Uh, yeah, but you say you say uh, you know just tossing it out there casually about a thousand bucks he paid for that. Now, today, of course, we say, oh, that's not much money. But back then, that had to be 50, 60, 70,000 in today's dollars. Was I, he, did I he come up as a man of status? I still wonder how did he uh, afford yeah. to come over from Germany and as a reverend? I mean, they didn't make any money. If right. Think back years ago, they didn't even buy food. It was the, uh, you know, the parishioners that bought the food. The congregation bought the food for the, for the, uh, they cooked meals for the, they'd invite the, you know, the pastor into the church, hoping to get in the good graces with God by feeding the, the, the preacher some, uh, some, uh, you know, uh, chicken or something. Uh, so yeah, little by little people started coming. Uh, he put a fence up, uh, to keep the cows out of the stream. People, the Maybe that was our first guest services call we ever had, you know, here on the property. The cows making the, the water muddy. So <laughs> uh, uh, the story goes. Um, so just just uh, elevation wise, uh, behind our Phoenix roller coaster, uh, which is the coaster, you know, behind me, the one that we moved from Texas. We can get to that later. That's the classic wooden one, right? That is. Yep. You got it. So uh, was was the farmhouse and the original farmhouse. And uh, he's banging, making some noise out in the barn. And uh, would have been my great grandmother, Hattie. She said, you know, Hen, what's all that noise out there? What's all that racket? He said, well, I'm building park benches and picnic tables for the people for the tally hose. And she said, if you do that, we'll never get out of here. <laughs> I guess the rest is history. So, <laughs> what did she it. mean by that? Was she a restless wife? <laughs> I, I wasn't around. I didn't really. I, I couldn't. Act. But uh, did she want to move to the city or something? I mean, maybe. <laughs> Who doesn't like Illysburg? I know. Come on. What's Metropolis? <laughs> so he started building small structures and keeping people around, but but still that jump to now build something for amusement for other people. I mean, that's a that's a slow transition. It's got to be right, or was it or brought? Uh, you know, I, I guess I left out one little piece. So uh, we were we were farmers. Uh, and we made uh, Christmas trees. We, we would sell the Christmas trees uh, in the city. Okay. Uh, we made charcoal up on our campground and sold that. So we were actually a lumber yard before we were an amusement park. So that, <laughs> really? Uh, yep. Yeah, yeah. So the, uh, as we are nearing here in 2026, the park will be 100 years old, but the lumber yard's even older than that. 
Um, that's just, you know, boy, the thing just kind of grew in 1926. He put in a steam powered carousel and, uh, a couple so that's really the first big jump towards amusement, correct? And that was 26, right? Yep. A steam powered carousel. So you're talking about like a, like a merry-go-round, a primitive merry-go-round type thing. Yes, sir. You bet. Do you know the state in the United States of of like I'm picturing some an amusement park like everyone knows like Coney Island was that in existence at this time yes right it was right so did he have I wonder a blueprint from somewhere else in his brain he's thinking I can do that here they're doing that in Manhattan area Long Island they're you know and and was that his impetus I wonder or is this just boom and how many existed how many other ones were there exactly uh, okay some some people if you had if you were a superhero. You know, you want to fly, you want to be the world's strongest man, you want to turn invisible. Now, I, I want to time travel. That's exactly, and I want to. Yeah, right. I, I wouldn't. I'm uh, I'm junior, Mister Curiosity. <laughs> well, I'm older, Mister Fire. I'll drive up to WNEP and I'll take over the the show. <laughs> do you have a picture of this uh, this this steam carousel or no? We do uh, not here in my office. I do not. But, but could uh, you describe it just a real primitive, you know, the steam is powering the pistons and that's turning a crank and a gear and people are, what are they sitting on in this primitive uh, carousel? Uh, on, on horses, just like you would call hand carved, uh, you know, wooden. Get uh, out. So uh, they were, they also, so in the carnival industry, you know, we're a hard part, but in the carnival industry, uh, we were considered 40 milers. So my ancestors would pack up this, carousel and the steam engine that that uh, powered it and you would travel up to 40 hours and you would do you know the local uh, carnivals the fairs the the town parks uh trying to make a couple of bucks uh i guess to come back and uh, build more park benches and picnic tables oh so he was taking like this platform to other locations correct whoa so people stop by with their horses they're they're near the tally ho. They're getting some water. They're hanging out. It's a sunny day. I know just over there, there's a little uh, ride I can take. I'll pay a few cents and go in circles. This is the beginning of it, correct? It is. Uh, right. You got it. Whoa, and a, and a couple of games, a couple of food stands. Uh, and then at that point, uh, that's when we started building our 900,000 gallon swimming pool. <laughs> oh, so, uh, little by little. Uh, this yeah. is in the late twenties, early thirties now. Correct, right, right, late twenties. This is unbelievable. So yeah. you're building a, a gigantic swimming pool. Adolf Hitler is ready to uh, start World War World War Two in uh, oh. Europe. This is all going on, isn't this nuts? Yes, absolutely. Uh, How long did that take, and what did that look like? The the pool, uh, the pictures that I have seen, they they I started at the wrong time of year. And I don't know the story well enough uh, to be able to tell it. Uh, they Maybe there was too much mud. The walls were caving in. So uh, I think they went down on the coldest day of the year and started <laughs> digging, you know, through the mud and the muck. Because by this point, now you're below the water table. So as you're digging, the creek's, you know, filling in the mud. Uh, it was steam-powered shovels that were <laughs> like envisioned there uh, on a strip mine. Same, kind, same type of equipment that they're digging out for this... Uh, and, and nobody had filtration at the time. So uh, there was a park called Edgewood Park. Uh, and we're kind of like a Shimokan area high school sits now. And uh, that was much of the same. They just, you filled it with the creek. Uh, every, uh, maybe once a week, you would, you would drain it. 
and to fill it back in again. And oh, so were they modifying the existing tally ho or building in addition to it, taking the water from that into another area? So, you know, the creek's always going to be there no matter what. Right. And they were simply uh, people at this point, I'm told, were starting to get a little bit like yourself, a little curious about uh, filtration, swimming in filtered water, you know, rather than farmers or old houses dumping their raw sewage right into a creek. Unbelievable. They would, they, would, uh, they wanted filtration, basically. So, uh, yeah, we started building this. And I'm told uh, that it's what put other swimming holes out of business because uh, my ancestors spent the money to put in filters, but it was still fed by the Creek. Uh, my dad, and I don't know what year this is. My dad was born 39. So I'm going to guess around 1950, 1952, somewhere in there. His job was we had, we had a beach towel and you had, you had pipes that filled up the swimming pool. So as you would jump in and splash and the water would go outside the pool, uh, as, as the water would um, evaporate throughout, right. the, his job was to walk upstream, pull the towel. That was the plug, almost like a big cork. He would pull the towel, fill the pool back up again, and then go back <laughs> up. Plug the, plug the, so, I mean, very basic. Very. So, uh, so the, the, the dirty water is leaving and you pull the plug and the fresh water comes in. At what fifty five degrees? Whatever. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a little, little chilly, a little brisk. <clears throat> so, so I, I didn't know this. So the main reason that Knobel started was swimming, recreation, uh, uh, in in this giant now pool, quote unquote, right? Yep. And the ride was just this little side entertainment thing. This, this there, so there was no like, oh, a merry go round carousel primitive, and then let's build another one, let's build another one. I mean, it wasn't that thinking at first. Oh, at first, but then little by little, more rides came. We had an eight car whip. We had, um, uh, boy, uh, I'm trying to think of the right name right now. Uh, Are we still look. in the thirties now? Uh, now we're in the thirties, little by little, uh, the park would grow. And, uh, I really don't think they added one ride per year. You know, they couldn't afford that. Right. But, uh, every few years they'd add something new, um, penny arcade, uh, skating and, uh, and dance, uh, dance hall. If you would, we call the Roaring Creek saloon. <laughs> so, uh, we became a destination. Um, but then like you brought up the war, we, uh, we did not open, uh, during world war two. Uh, and then uh, the next year we started and going full throttle ever since. Oh, so it was only a brief inter interruption during the war period, correct? One, one season. Is right. that right? When, when was that? With the 40s or? That would have been, I think, 41. Whoa. Now, so this is a personal question. And whenever I ask these, I have the bell ready. You just say, shut up, Snedeker. Okay. And I'll hit the bell. Right. Um, are, are they be becoming... Is this very lucrative? Are they of status in town? Is this making tons of money? And the Knobles in the 1930s and 40s are now the local Rockefellers. Is it a big enterprise or is it just, hey, you're getting by? You guys, your great-grandfather had the nicest house in town. Is it all that or describe that? Um, I think it was uh, middle of the road, um, may maybe a little, uh, a little better than the average. Okay. Uh, it still wasn't anything like the coal barons. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. They're the, they, uh, all of my ancestors houses could have fit in one of their homes. Uh, you know, when you think some of the, the houses in yesteryear from Shimokin and Mount Carmel and Coltmont, some of the, in the, in the, in our area. Uh, yeah. 
some uh, Bloomsburg, you know, you had, you had Harry McGee and, and uh, uh, his team. So uh, I don't think we, I don't think my ancestors were anything like, like uh, the other people I mentioned. You're right. I forgot. Thanks for that perspective because through the 1920s, 30s, 40s, and into the 50s, coal was king. Everywhere from Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Carbonell, right through the Schuylkill County area, west towards your area. So that was where all the money was. I didn't even think about that. There's your next podcast. Yeah. Well, how do I find those old cold barons? They're coal barons. I mean, those guys, <laughs> those guys are exploiting nine-year-old uh, boys in the mines. We don't want, I don't want to boys. talk to them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the relatives of them are embarrassed of what their uh, great-grandparents did. It's, I, can it's, leave, I can leave them out of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there there's so many people that exist. One of our night watchmen was a, uh, he was a breaker boy. I think he quit school at nine years old. Uh, to go work in the coal. He then, uh, I think he was 12 or 15, maybe, driving a coal truck from Shimokin to Baltimore every day, seven days a week. That's what this 15-year boy, <laughs> and, and Route 81 and 83 didn't exist then. So this is what he did. And then uh, yeah, the story, he, he went to uh, he went to the military uh, he then he was hired as a uh, bookkeeper and and uh, payroll at a local area business. Now he's one of our night watchmen. Is that so? So when you use the term night watchman, what are we talking about here? So uh, there's always somebody on the Kenob- on the grounds on the property of Knobles all year round, January thirteenth, yep. middle of winter. Absolutely, you know when we have sometimes. Uh, uh, one of the Knobles will make sure that night watchman gets Easter dinner delivered to them. Get out of here. Park or Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving, because they have to work. And um, uh, so, you know, come right into the house with us and sit down and join us for a little while, but they're always patrolling in the cameras that are all over the park. So yeah, night watchman, it's, um, it's one of the jobs we offer. Oh man, that's something. So, so now we're getting into, I guess, the forties and fifties. Is this when Knobles becomes, I guess, what we modernly think of Knobles? It's a enterprise of rides and, and, and entertainment and arcades. And when is that? I, I, I believe so. Because if, if people describe Knobles, how, how they do it, they say it's almost like the carnival moved into town and never left. <laughs> <laughs> not a cool, you know, it's not a uh, concrete jungle. It doesn't have these, you know, bright, vibrant, elaborate uh, rides, you know, that, that twist you and turn you uh, and make you sick like they would you. Right. Uh, it's just that throwback where the traditional quintessential amusement park of yesteryear. That's what people like about us. That's OK. So you don't ride. You mentioned that. No big deal. We don't charge the park. There's no entrance fee. You can come down here. You can sit on a bench and people watch. (laughs) I've done that. You just watch the pretty girls go by and that that passes hours and hours and hours right there. I mean, bring your family. We encourage sit on that bench and just, well, sometimes it's better than TV, but it's, it's, um, it, it it offers that opportunity where you see somebody you haven't seen in 10 or 15 years and you just shoot the breeze and, uh, you know, our philosophy, it's uh, grandma and grandpa get more satisfaction out of watching their grandchildren ride the rides than what they would themselves. Maybe they're going to ride, uh, you know, the carousel. Maybe they're going to ride the pioneer train that goes out in the woods. And then they're out four bucks, five bucks. But uh, because grandma and grandpa are on a limit, uh, you know, fixed income, yeah. they, don't have the, they don't have the spending, they have no cash flow. So uh, that's the, what we create. 
No, you're right. Because, and, and no offense to Hershey Park, Dorney Park, or even Disney World, Disneyland, but you get the feeling there. You're in this corporate entity. It's all glitz and impersonal. You almost feel like you're being a little exploited. You almost feel like a number at those places. And again, no offense, they're corporate entities, but you don't get that at your place. It's almost like this warm, cuddly embrace at your place. We would like to think so. Yeah. And it's got to be unique. Do you remember? Here's my history. When I was a kid, um, I was a church altar boy, Catholic boy, brought up Cub Scout. And, and we used to always go to, so was this known on your radar when you were a kid too, your competition, Ghost Town in the Glen, here in the Music Scranton area. Sure. Is this one of your chief competitors at the time, if you go back to the 60s and 70s or even yeah. 50s? I'm not sure. Right. Uh, I think our probably our biggest was that park I mentioned, Edgewood. Of course, there was Angela Park. That was oh, I forgot about Angela Park. Yeah. Uh, where is Edgewood? I don't know Edgewood. Edgewood, uh, right where if you if you ever get to a uh, Shemokin High School baseball team, okay, ball game, right there. Oh, that, okay. That's where the pool was. Uh, there's a little there's a little uh, uh, a lamp that's still there with a little concrete uh, uh, marker. That, and where you know, are we now? 1950s though, 60s. When was yeah, that? Yeah, I think 50s. Right. So you weren't the only game in town. No, uh, just one of you know. Uh, you know, think about um, if you if there are no parks. I mean, there's there's uh, minor league baseball going on. There's uh, you know so many different various things you could go do. Um, this was just you know once a year people stop by to visit Knobles. You're right. Think of the entertainment then. The limited options in the 40s and 50s, right? And even into the 60s. There, <laughs> you know, we're just overwhelmed with opportunity now from uh, from vacation resorts to malls to places and, uh, you know, all types of entertainment venues. And back then it was simple. A few places. That's your whole weekend. That's your big trip for the year. Yeah. So it was about I think it was 1955. And uh, up in our what we in our campground was uh, a pota potato field. And it was uh, my ancestors' best potato field, and they wrestled. They said, should I take out? I can make X on the potatoes, but I can maybe make Y if, if I put in a campground. And they really, I guess this was a huge decision at the time. So uh, they said, all right, we're going to roll the dice, and uh, we're going to put in a campground. So they put in this campground. I think there were nine sites, and here we are today. Uh, we have a campground of 600 sites that's attached to the park. We have another campground three miles away we call Lake Glory with a, with a bus that runs continuously all day long to and from. Uh, log cabins. We have, you know, primitive tent platforms, uh, what we and, call Eagle's Roost. So, so, uh, and how uh, unique is that in terms of amusement parks and, and, and camping and and log cabins. I mean, is that pretty unique or are there other places in the country? That seems um, like a rarity. This, this is pretty rare. So uh, you brought up Disney. So you could stay on property. At yeah, it doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, uh, talk about exploitation. <laughs> <laughs> so you could, uh, at Disney, um, you could potentially, um, how do I want to word this? Your kids are enjoying the park. You hop yeah. on the rail you hop on their bus and you go back to your hotel you can make lunch they can come and they can enjoy lunch back at your hotel uh if they want and then they can go back to a different park that night yeah 
Nobles is, is very similar. So uh, you don't want to ride. You can go up to the campsite, start a campfire. You can bring your grill and, and make lunch. We don't force you to buy our food like some of the other parks. You can. It's more economical if you bring your own food. We would like to think that as far as park food goes, we are extremely economical uh, as you know, when you compare us to some other places, but sure. I mean, uh, you could go to the grocery store, but that's your labor costs, you know, that where you're making the food, you're on vacation. You don't want to cook on vacation, but it gives that option. Kids go up, mom and dad text them. Hey, we're up the campsite, come up for uh, lunch or come up for dinner. They go up, they eat as a family back down into the park. They go. So oh, that's excellent. So, so, you know, th- that creates this unique experience where people get to spend a day. They, everyone loves to camp. You're in your camper, you're in your tent, you're in your log cabin. And yeah, it creates that cuddly vibe that we're talking about here that you guys have that you don't get at the bigger resorts. Right. And grandma and grandpa, maybe they're up at the campsite. So, uh, you know, wonderful family memories that you're making. Uh, it, it's, one of the most special things is when families will come back a second time during the summer or when they come back every year. And now it's so, you know, uh, you know, uh, young Joe Snedeker came to Knobles every year <laughs> and they started to camp. Then you start bringing your kids by now. You're the grandparent and, and you're the one hanging out by the campfire. And, and the grandkids are coming up to see, you know, Pappy Joe. So <laughs> don't ever say that. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. Not yet. So, so when when you enter the scene here, it looks like you were born in the sixties, uh, like me, se- correct? Well, you would think seventies. Se- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, listen, right. I can only see you from a distance. You're a little head. I just, uh, you know, the older you get, like me, you think everybody's your same age. So, no, yeah. you look great for your age. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah. So but let's say um, you. So you're born in the seventies. I was. And, now, are you uh, born into this? This. Knobles empire and yes brian you're gonna take over this is what you're gonna do for a living you're entrenched in it how does all that work so uh my brother older brother rick he tells me that our first job was se- separating the rod the colors of the ride tickets so <laughs> uh oh so you know you bought a you bought maybe $20 in ride tickets and, and the, the 20 cent tickets were red and the uh, 10 cent tickets were green and the okay. five centers were blue. I didn't know that green was green or red was red, but at the end of the night, when the ride operators would come in and dump their ticket can, it was our job as, you know, grandchildren at that time to, to separate the colors, make it easier for the staff to count the tickets. Uh, so we knew how much money we made that day. Uh, you know, we joke that we're still waiting for back pay on some of that, you know, back <laughs> 76. but we really weren't that busy. You know, um, it, it's different today. Why, though? I, I uh, um, let me go in chronological order real quick. So we used to right in front of our park office. We used to play kickball right in the middle of the afternoon. Uh, telephone. Bo- there was a tree stump that was home plate. Uh, the ticket booth was, I'm sorry, the, the phone booth was first base. Second base was a park bench. Third base was a little crack in the concrete back to back to home plate, which was the uh, tree stump. Okay. And in a 45 minute game of kickball in the middle of the park. So, I mean, think, you know, Cinderella's castle in the middle of the park. We play, And you only had to stop twice to let guests go by. And, <laughs> 
the ball into the ride area and well that was a home run so <laughs> Uh, it, it was no different. You know, people were like, what was it like being Brian Knobble? Did people use you for free passes? <laughs> That's exactly what my parents did or my, you know, uncles and aunts, what they did for a living. It really, they just I went to work like anybody else. So um, 1976, we brought a uh, steel roller coaster in called the Jet Star, and we got a little bit busier. But it wasn't until 1985 where we moved. So the coaster that's behind me was built in uh, 1947 in San Antonio, Texas. They called it the Rocket. So uh, and then that park closed. Playland Park in San Antonio, Texas closed around 1980, something okay. like that. And we and I don't, we talked to the guests and uh, they wanted a wooden roller coaster. Well, my family couldn't afford a wooden roller coaster at the time. I think they were like one, I think $1.5 million for something. So uh, my dad and a team of uh, John Fetterman and John Moyer and uh, uh, there's so many people, Jim Martini, Dan Patterson, all team involved. They went to San Antonio, Texas. They started, uh, you know, looking at this thing and how to take it apart. So uh, I think 47 truckloads later, they shipped it to Pennsylvania where we put it right back together again. And this is what year? This is uh, 84, 83, 84. We opened the coaster in 85. That's when I was 12. That's when I started noticing, like, boy, we're getting busy. Where are all these people coming from? Uh, you know, did a, did a couple of cruise ships uh, park and, work, and everybody's moving to Illysburg? What's going on here? Uh, uh, so, that's really what put us on the map. And then from there, that started our greatest growth here at the park where, uh, you know, we were all the way up to 63 rides, uh, 38 food stands, over two dozen games, uh, these campgrounds, uh, the pool still open every day from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Um, now, now it's full throttle. So that rolling coaster that you took apart from that previous location, whose was that and what happened to that place? Do you know? Uh, it, it, uh, I don't know the reason why it closed, but like many other parks that have closed through the years, you know, it became an apartment complex. So, uh, there's still some signage around and, uh, actually, so in, in our industry, uh, kind of the Oscars of the amusement industry is called the golden ticket awards. And every <laughs> year the golden ticket awards are held at a different park. So this coming September, the, the golden ticketers are, are going to be down in, uh, at San Antonio. So, I'm anxious to get down there with my dad and have him. Remember I talked about time travel? I'm yeah. anxious to get down there with my dad and so he can uh, recreate what he was looking at in the early 80s. I want to I want to see it through his eyes and his vision. So uh, that's my that's my goal for September. But but you're so the people who rebuilt this 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 uh, this roller coaster. I don't see how you just do that. Like I I picture me, my 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 family, my friends if someone says ship a rolling coaster, we're going to take it apart and rebuild it like that, that. That's monumental. How do you just do stuff like that? You hire a team of engineers. I, I, I have, and yeah, I have three words. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're amazingly talented. Many of these people are still part of our team. And, uh, and my, but are uh, these like family members or people you hired or, you know what I uh, mean? Both. Like, both. Both. Yep. So, uh, we were actually going to put the roller coaster uh, kind of in the corner of our parking field until the last minute where uh, we changed and, and we're, we're going to put it, uh, you know, in, it, in its current location today. 
but it was um, perseverance, hard work. It was a lot of so, uh, Joe. If you're if you're a football fan, you think about uh, that that family tree that uh, Bill Walsh, coach of the 49ers, and all of the people under him that became head coaches. Okay, Belichick, Nick Saban. Uh, <laughs> there's actually one of these that that exists for the Phoenix roller coaster, and everybody that cut their teeth on this. Uh, Phoenix, you know, this to be named coaster at the time, uh-huh. um, uh, kind of branched <laughs> off and started their own uh, or worked out building roller coasters. I mean, that's uh, just many, so bizarre to cards, me. How many business cards do you see when someone hands you something and you look at their job title, you know, coaster builder? Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a whole enterprise you don't know about. And coasters bringing up, remember, I mentioned Ghost Town in the Glen here in the music, music area. I remember being 9, 10, 11, the scariest thing. It still infects my life right now. And that's how your Phoenix is when you're going up there and you hear the creakly boards and you hear the wheels grinding on the track. And then you're slowly going up and there's a flag at the peak at the apex and it's flapping around and you look down and people are fading. And I just remember thinking, oh, my God, this is death. This is where I die. This is one of the reasons. I guess I'm I'm not a ride guy. And I remember thinking, oh, and then my buddies were like, let's go on again. And they would do it over and over again. I'm like, no, get me out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that, that you was... lived to tell about it, didn't you? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but these parks are just for some people and others not. But man, you guys do an awesome job. Well, thank you. And today... So you're celebrating how many years are we in now? So this is our start of our 96th season. Just what's coming up? What's end. coming up for a hundred? It's got to be huge, man. It's got to be huge. Well, we uh, we have a team uh, we are assembling to talk about, and, and everybody has some ideas. And uh, you know, of course, you know, we as a family joke that uh, you have no problem spending our money. You know, everybody uh, <laughs> oh, cost ten million dollars, and that only costs ten million dollars. So, um, you know, what are, we don't even know what we're going to do. We uh, we have a whole list, and uh, little by little, we're going to iron them out. Uh, but our goal is to do something special for our hundredth. Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, the 100th anniversary is definitely going to be a big deal. And that's coming up uh, four years, three years, did you say? Right around the corner, baby. It will be 2026. Yeah. All so right. uh, kind of leading up to that, uh, getting a lot of fresh ideas, a lot of uh, creativity. Uh, where I'm anxious. I'm anxious to hear and see uh, it come to fruition. I'm still trying to picture you in the 70s and 80s. Like, are you like a local celebrity? Because the name Knobel, everywhere you go, it's just, oh, yeah, Knobel, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, no, it, 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 no, same. Uh, I had one, one or two birthday parties that, you know, with my friends that I had down here. But uh, no, you went roller skating. You, you went, you have, uh, for those <laughs> of you that had a pool, you know, you went to their house and you swam. Uh, I love it. No, no, I played baseball. I was a boy scout, you know, uh, no different than anybody else. So, uh, your dad, a big shot in the neighborhood. Everyone knows there's Knobel, your grandfather is Knobel. There's the, there's the amusement park people. No, I'm sure there was some of that for me. (laughs) He was just my dad. He was a guy that got up, went to work in the morning. We played football, played catch and, uh, went hiking, you know, uh, same, no, absolutely no different than anybody else. Uh, so yeah, he, he may have been, but, but not me. 
No. How many siblings do you have? How many? What's the structure of the family? I have one older brother. Uh, My mom passed in 09, but uh, mom and and dad used to say they were going to have six kids. So uh, when I came along, it was, uh, you know, hey, let's wait till he's potty trained. Well, let's wait till he goes to kindergarten (laughs) and say, let's wait. No, I'm the baby. Uh, One older brother. Uh, I got a cousin, Trevor, who's here every day coming to work. I got a cousin, his sister, Stacy, who uh, left to be a mom for a little while. Now she's uh, she's back full time with us. Got a cousin, Lauren. So there's there's five of us in uh, in my generation, uh, three in the previous generation. Uh, then I have uh, two daughters. So uh, one graduate like your daughter, one graduates college here and the other one's a college freshman. So uh Hopefully one day, you know, uh, it, it will continue. You know, my ancestors will be proud. I was going to say, because I don't have this feeling with my family, uh, but is there pressure? Like, were you a rebellious 15, 16, 17 year old saying, I want nothing to do with this. I'm going to become a cosmetologist. <laughs> there was a time where, uh, you know, uh, my dad never fired me growing up. He just beat the crap out of me. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I got it was my, done in the seventies and eighties. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, my mom fired me a few times. And um, now what uh, do you mean by that? Like there was some static and you're like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to go there today. I'm not working this weekend. Well, uh, you're fired. I no, no. I was, exp- I would get mad at dad because uh, the, the random day off that I had as a kid growing up and I would uh, want to sit and watch the Phillies uh, play or, or the, uh, like maybe 86 Mets. I remember this, I'm watching the, uh, Doc Gooden, I'm watching Daryl Strawberry, you know, that whole team. My dad comes up and gets me and he says, uh, get in a truck. We have to go down and pull the garbage can liners for a company picnic. The garbage <laughs> crew never showed up today. Who so wants to do that, that, right? No, I was like, do. man, I want to watch a baseball game. Get in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? You got in the truck. You went down. You, you did garbage. You did a round of garbage, you know, because uh, the guests uh, needed a you know, somewhere to throw their trash. So is he still like that? Oh yeah. He's, a oh man. yeah. Oh yeah. He, uh, the, the world needs more Dick Knobles. I mean, I, <laughs> I now live in a, unfortunately in a very sensitive, uh, yes, your feelings hurt, not him. You, uh, he has no filter. He never has. And, uh, I'm going to say the world needs more like him. Yeah. You get to that certain age where you're forgiven. You don't need a filter. Um, and yeah, you're right. Oh, he's world. never had one. He's not, <laughs> no, I never, no. but, and that's what everybody loves about him. You know, exactly where you stand, but no, he would, uh, uh, he'd crap out of me, mom. So, uh, she was in charge of our catering, our group sales, uh, and, uh, much more, of course, you know, in a family run business, you know, she staffed our, our ticket booths. She did our, our insurance. She did uh, our first aid. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, um, I'm out Is your dad 70 ish now, or is he still involved deeply involved? Yeah, he just turned 83. He comes to work every day. Get he out of here. On his little scooter and, uh, and, uh, uh, points out, yeah, what's wrong. He, uh, I, I'm still his punching bag. Is that right? So, but, but he still is kind of in charge. Or if you say, dad, oh, we're doing this, you got to get with the times. We're getting rid of that, uh, that stand over there. We're doing this. We're putting led in or does he No, it's not how we're doing it. Uh, you can tell how hard his no is. If it's like, if it's a little grumble under his breath, kind of no, well, 
we we go through with the project anyway. But if the, the fist comes down and no, and the, you know the buck stops here, uh, he lets everybody know who carries the bigger stick. Is that right? So it's Knobles is still a dictatorship, correct? Uh, uh, he is. <laughs> he's the guy. Absolutely. <laughs> now, uh, I didn't. Right. He comes around the corner on his little ECV. You better pick up a shovel or something. <laughs> yeah, you. So if he if he did this podcast, we'd have to have beeps throughout the whole thing, right? Beep, beep, beep. Is that what we're doing? No, you may have to. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, knows, he knows when to be PC and, and when he can't be. But uh, so yeah, so let me mom, uh, she was she probably tougher on me. Dad, yeah, it was physical. Mom, uh, I'm out, I'm I'm one of our soda jerks. So I'm out at our catering and I and I have my jobs to uh uh, get up in the morning and, and fill everything with ice and make sure the company picnics have their Pepsi, their Mountain Dew there. So, well, everything was done. So we grabbed some of my other friends and we went up into the campground to have a wiffle ball game. So the walkie talkie, you know, we all, we, everybody carries walkie talkies here at work. Um, it's just a little one watt walkie talkie. And, and she apparently was trying to call me and I didn't hear the call. Well, uh, she found us. And, and I would have come down had I heard it. I promise. Uh, never heard the call. So she fired me on the spot. Oh, uh, man. Made a fool out of me. So I went <laughs> up to the house. So that was a Saturday. So uh, she wakes me up at, at Sunday morning at like nine o'clock. She's like, what are you doing in bed? You know, you have work to do. I said, mom, you fired me. Don't talk back to me. <laughs> what, what just happened? So put my staff shirt on and how to work I go. How old were you at that time? But this is, your. Uh, I would have, I probably been about 12, 13, maybe something like that. Indoctrined into the business. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I got, I got fired a couple of times. That's so. funny. I don't know, they kept, but, uh, they kept making me come back to work. So, uh, yeah, there was a time where I was going to quit and go work with an area farmer where all my friends worked, you know, the uh, wrestlers and the football team, you know, uh, I was going to go do that. And my dad's like, yeah, go ahead. You know, our ancestors were farmers once too. There's a reason <laughs> we don't do that anymore. You'll see the light. You'll yeah, see you'll the be light. back. Yeah. So, so now I imagine because it's still family entrenched, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who own their own business and they, I, 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 I always say, oh, you got it made. You got your own business and, and, you know, you get to do what you want, call your own shots. And they shake their head and laugh at me like, no, 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 you got it made because you leave work after eight hours and you leave it all behind you. Say that they don't understand what it's not, what it's like to have your own business. And I don't understand what it's like. They don't understand what it's like to work for someone and leave it. So you are the same way. Imagine you can never leave it. Is it stressful? Is it like, Oh, it's the weekend. It's Memorial weekend. It's 4th of July. And this is just always with you. So uh, it, it is you're, you're on call 24 seven off season. I probably work 55 hours a week uh, during the season, you know, somewhere between 80 and 90. So Get out. Uh, I mean, my dad took um, my brother and I to uh, another park one time and he kind of paced back and forth like that Marine uh, um, drill sergeant would. And he, and he gave us the, uh, all right, now look speech. And he said, look around. He said, this park is closed because the family, nobody wanted to work nights. Nobody wanted to work weekends. Nobody wanted to work holidays. He said, you cannot expect your staff to work all those odd hours while you just simply work, you know, bankers hours or the whoa, eight to whoa. three shift. 
And uh, he's like, you know, when I'm dead and buried, you know, the park better be still going on and you better be working and you better be married to it and you better uh, bring it, you know, blood, sweat and tears. And uh, what a great speech. And uh, uh, we never look back, you know, it's just, it's, it's full throttle. Um, so you don't regret that. You don't regret this marriage to the business, right? It's in your blood. It, it is. I love it. I mean, uh, I'm, on, I'm on a couple of committees that then uh, we just eat, breathe and sleep amusement parks and uh, trying to help one. And everybody thinks you're in competition. You know, we talked about that earlier and it's we're, we're in it together. I mean, families are choosing to uh, to go to a Hershey Park, you know, one month and a Dorney Park the next. And we, all, we just hope that we're part of their uh, part of their destination. Yeah, you're right. I don't think anyone's committed to one over the other. It's like, oh, I'll have a little buffet of the parks, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, one incident uh, is a black eye for the entire industry. So we're constantly trying to, I was on the phone with uh, two, one person from Dorney Park yesterday and, and one from Hershey Park. So we're all friends. We're in it together. We talk all the time. How can we support one another, help one? We share ride parts. So uh, it, it, it truly just works. It, it really does. Um, so is it stressful? Sure it is. You better believe it's stressful. You're constant worried uh, who's, you know, whether it's uh, rainy weather, you know, and what to do, whether it's, uh, is there going to be some kind of an incident? Uh, you're, you're always thinking about the what ifs, but um, we have a heck of a team here at the park. You know, no, nobody I'd rather work with every day and, and they help with all the decisions and, uh, we are a well-oiled machine. I am so proud. And, and, uh, you know, you're trying to get ready. It's the week of opening last week and you're, you, know, <laughs> you you're said you're under a lot of stress. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. But you're running on adrenaline when you see those guests coming. Uh, sometimes Joe, I have to walk away just cause I'm getting teary eyed. Oh, I believe it. I believe uh, it. What a, what a feeling to know these people could have done anything else. Any, they could have gone anywhere, but they're and coming they're, to the tally ho. They, yeah, <laughs> you know, they want to swim in the creek. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, is it, going with this stress and this uh, family entrenchment, are, is, am I safe to assume, or is this my ignorance, that November, December, January, February, March, four, five, six months of the year, it's vacation time. You do nothing. You just count money. So uh, common misconception. Oh, man. Yeah. Everybody thinks, you know, you pull the doors down and you move to Florida for the winter. Yeah. Uh, in, in May you know, or April, late April, you, you lift up those doors and the money's already in the drawer and the ice cream machines are ready to go. So uh, we used to be Memorial Day through Labor Day. Okay. That's what we were for many, many years. Then we started opening up a little earlier in May, a little later in September. Now we're uh, late April. And now we do a, a Halloween event all throughout. Yeah, do. yeah, that's a big now. All of fun nights. Very, very popular. People wanting to hold on to that last little bit of summer. You know, the, the leaves are changing colors. Cool evening. You know, the, where our, our fog machines are going. Uh, laser lights are, are uh, you know, peeking through the, uh, through the fog. And characters are jumping out and scaring you. So, but family friendly, you know, not, not scary. So uh, now we've chosen to do uh, when COVID hit, you know, a uh, lot of lot of stressful family meetings. You know, uh, what are we? What if we can't open? Uh, what if this? We better start to think of. Uh, we have 150 full time staff that you work year round and health insurance and 401k and I and dental and and uh, <laughs> we don't want to lay them off. We got to keep working. So what if? So so then we started doing a. Um, 
Joy Through the Grove, a Christmas light display. Oh, man. Our parking field, you drive right down the, the center of the park, right down the midway, <laughs> up through our campground. So, so now it's pretty much go time. Uh, some of the people use the Daytona 500 as the, uh, as the kickoff to uh, park season uh, in, internally. So uh, uh, that's when it's go time. So uh, late March. Uh, through then we get open in April. Uh, now it's through Halloween. Then November first starts. We tear down all the Halloween decorations. Now we're putting rides away. Uh, now we're starting to go over rides. You, you pay, a lot of painting gets done in the fall. Um, you know, we take about ten rides a year. We strip down to the bare metal, every nut, every bolt, every looking for uh, you know how how to make this ride come to life again. Uh, but we also have a you know twenty five or thirty people decorating for joy through the grove. So then that so maybe one month off. So the, January, give me February, uh, maybe you get one. So, well, it's about January twentieth, twenty first, when all the Christmas lights are down. So you get uh, late January, you get February, and you get the three weeks in March. Oh, there you go. And now it's go time. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> We, I mean, we're still here. I mean, I'm still working, uh, like I said, 40 to 55 hours a week. You know, do I take long weekends in the in, in that, in you know, off season, uh, which is two months long? Uh, you try to try to go do some things. So, oh, that's excellent. See, what an education for us. I'm so curious about these things. Thus, the podcast. Mr. Curiosity. I, didn't realize, I didn't realize that. My other curiosity here before we start to wrap things up is. I don't know how to delicately say this, but back in the 70s, when I was just a kid going to uh, Rocky Glen and other places, maybe things are totally different now. How does the regulation work? I remember going, waiting in line on that roller coaster, right? And then I'm waiting in line. I see this rickety, elaborate uh, uh, ride that's going to take me on a, on a thrilling adventure. I see gears and pulleys and wood fabricated together. And there at the helm of this whole thing, the complicated clockwork of, of ride exuberance is some guy with greasy hair. He's got a shirt on that says born to raise hell. He's got tattoos. And all of a sudden my life is in that man's hand. And I remember thinking, Whoa, I can't believe this. Now I'm even more frightened than I was before uh, the fear of going on this ride struck me over. So do you see my point here? And that's a little bit of an exaggeration. How is it all regulated? Who, who comes in and says, this guy can control that ride? He, he, he looks like he can't even balance his checking account. How is he in charge of all these lives? And who regulates this? Who says this is in good shape and that's not in good shape? How does all that work? Uh, that's a great question. Because at one time, there was no regulatory commission. In board. the 70s, there you go. <laughs> uh, my dad, again, you know, not being real PC, he said, people, you, now you need a ride fence around the ride. And there are there's criteria for a ride, perimeter fence for a ride. So uh, it, when he says people were he talks in that deep marine voice. People yeah, I like how you do it as a person. There was no ride fence. You knew better than to walk into a ride that was moving. You didn't do it. So well, somebody must have because now there's a, now there's a perimeter fence. Uh, there was no daily inspection of the rides. You greased them when you had, it was like, you're, yeah, right. You change, you rotate the tires when you had to, that it was that simple. Uh, my dad was part of a team here with other Pennsylvania parks who uh, put together a safety standard. And uh, so now we actually do a daily inspection. 
So every morning that you and your family come to ride the rides, they have been looked over by a qualified technician. So every month we do a state ride inspection that's uh, uh, set forth, you know, by the, our rides fall under, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, rides and measurements, which then falls under the uh, Department of Agriculture. Then we have a scenic skyway. So like up in your neck of the woods, a lot of, a lot of uh, ski lifts. While in Pennsylvania, they're considered an elevator. So they fall under Department of Labor and Industry. Oh, who knew yeah. that, man? I didn't know that. Absolutely. So uh, our insurance company comes in twice a year. The state comes in. Uh, we do it ourselves. Then we have a state inspectors that uh, go over every everything from, from seat belts to sharp edges to maybe they find a... Uh, 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 there's a, there's a joke that you see a meme once in a while that you, you want to drive people crazy. You throw some, uh, before you go to an amusement park, you put a bunch of nuts and bolts in your pocket. <laughs> and when you're standing in line, you throw it under the ride. Hey, did you see that? You know, uh, then you got to shut the ride down and see where all these nuts and bolts came from. And there's, you know, one little jerk, you know, run around the park with, uh, He's the culprit. He's the bad guy. So, uh, it it is it is regulated, and there are uh, courses that you have to take. Uh, just like being a, you inspect your car, you take it to a qualified technician who had to pass a test. Same thing. That's excellent. That well, that gives me a peace of mind because, it, but it wasn't like that in the seventies when I was a kid, right? <laughs> it was not. You're right. Correct. Yeah. I had reason to be concerned then. See, I was ahead yeah, of my time. Did. <laughs> there, there's a real funny story that my dad tells that we had uh, so we have a whip ride in the park so its predecessor uh was outdoors and this the two uh guys dressed in navy attire and the the whipper car uh came unfastened and it threw them through the fence down a foot on onto the asphalt and then and then the whipper car went another like 30 or 40 yards and the Canobo family and all the employees went running. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What, you know? And, uh, and apparently the two Navy guys looked up and said, that was great. Can we, do that again? <laughs> so, I wonder if that's what started, uh, you know, some of these people like, hmm, maybe we ought to have a regulatory commission. So pre lawsuit days. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Yes, it was. Come on, throw me a number. What's your uh, insurance premium per month, per yeah. year, whatever? <laughs> yeah, that and the electric bill. I'll trade you. <laughs> Even up. Oh, it's got to be outrageous. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. I'm, I'm thinking this is, you know, we covered everything from beginning to middle to guts to end. And you were outstanding. And uh, I learned a lot about Knobles. Even though, uh, like I said, I'm not an amusement park guy. You guys have brought my family such pleasure over the years. I have... Uh, this picture I showed going down the log flume, I put it on TV the other day. And here's the typical dad thing. I remember I was on the log flume. My wife um, was waiting for us at the end of the line. And I'm coming down, got my three kids with me. And then you guys have the automatic picture taker thing, right? Right. Yeah. So she's waiting at the counter. I pull out and uh, uh, she goes, hey, let's get this picture. Look at it there. You know, this is 15 years ago or something. I don't know. And you know how outrageous it was. It's like, I don't know what it was. And I'm going, that's a, you know, it's a typical dad response, isn't it? No, I don't need that picture. We don't need that. We had a good time. And I remember she made me get that picture. And that's one of my most cherished moments now 
me going down the log flume with the Knobles official picture of me Wait, in your log we, flume. We, we still have that picture. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> what, we one of the it. happiest days of my life. So, folks, if I, That's if I, our wall of fame. <laughs> if I have any advice to anyone out there, pay the price. Do it right. You'll never miss that $20. You get the picture of the log flume. You're going down. Everybody's happy. Now, look at me. I'm all gray. I had a mole removed from my nose. My kids are grown and in college, I'm home with a dog half the time. And that was the happiest moment of my life right there, captured by you and your people. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for that story. Please come back. You know, you just told me your daughter's graduating from Temple. My, uh, my gift to her is a free uh, wristband. Oh, all right. down. Let's see <laughs> when I go for a ride on the flume, we'll get our picture taken together. I want her to get a job, not a free day at Knobles. Come on. Hey, go to our website. We're hiring. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, I was going to mention. So if you give, give, give out your, uh, give out your uh, website, give out your information anything you want to tell the public now, here we go. Well, I mean, you know, we're at Knobles is on Facebook and we're on Snapchat, TikTok. We have all Instagram, but, uh, you know, Knobles.com, uh, please come and visit us. Uh, I, I, from my family to yours, I promise you will have a, a wonderful time. I really, and do. I can back that up and you are looking for employees then, huh? We are, you know, it's no different than any other industry in the, in the nation. And let's uh, say it together. No one wants to work anymore. I know that's, I hear that from every business owner. It's sad, isn't it? Right. So we're doing the best we can. We're excited. Um, we're going to have more rides uh, this year. We were able, we opened last weekend, we hit 50. So uh, last year we covered hovered around 40 rides this year. We got 50. Uh, we're hoping the flying turns going to get open here real soon. Uh, that's a fan favorite. So uh, I'm really optimistic about the summer. Um, I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Everyone loves Knobles. Thank you, Brian, for your time. I got to mention this before I go. I'm going to sing a song for you. My favorite uh, tune from maybe 10, 15 years ago. You tell me. Here we go. Kafun, Knobles, Kafood, Knobles, Karides, Knobles. What happened to that commercial? I used to love that. Yeah, that was a creative one. Everybody, especially Schuylkill County, calls us Nobles. They don't pronounce the K like Oh, they don't. Okay, right. So we did the K just to uh, emphasize we do. It's it's Knobles. How old is that commercial? Do you remember that thing? That was I excellent. Think, boy, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, that's mid to late 80s. Come on, let's reboot it. Kafun, <laughs> Knobles, Kafu, yeah. Knobles, Karide, yeah. Knobles. That's our, maybe there's our hundredth. We bring hey, that. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> little shout out to Joe Snedeker, Mr. Curiosity. <laughs> Knobles, excellent. Get out there. Have a good time. Have a good summer, Brian. We appreciate all the information. Very rewarding. Very informative. I love it. All right. Thanks for uh, including me. I appreciate what you, uh, what you do for the area. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll see you. Bye-bye. See you. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.